for believing. Where my toothbrush is handy and I like it cold. My name is Patrick <laughs> Mathers, pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And I'm Brian Gumpy, congregant, Norwood Bible Church. Wow. <laughs> You're calling yourself that, huh? A congregant. I'm You've not committed. even a member. You've committed. I'm a congregant. You've committed. Oh, uh, yeah, for at least a little while, yeah. All right. What, dude, okay, what is Norwood? That doesn't help. That's like not even words. I think, dude, I can do you better than that. There's okay. an apostrophe between the R and the W. It's like Norwood. Norwood. That's yeah. like some Star Wars name. <laughs> or it's some Lord funny. of the Rings name. That's like what that. I was going to say. It made me think <laughs> of some kind of Tolkien fantasy something or other. Yeah, what is that? Uh, what is Norwood? I've seen like a Norwood Road or something, but it's not anywhere near the, where the church is. Is it where I can't it started? Where maybe? I it. Could be. Uh, that would make sense. But the apostrophe in the middle of Norwood makes me think that it's some like historical site or like a neighborhood or something. I don't know. A historical site. <laughs> a historical site. Yes. <laughs> Eventually, I guess Colorado has site. to have historical sites, right? Yeah, dude. Hey, hey, you want to hear something awesome about Colorado Springs? That I no, not really. Not no, no, really. no, 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 no. That's no, all you, you do is tell me awesome things, and this is the most amazing place. I really don't care. No, it's not like that. It's about no. history. It's okay. about history. Okay. I had totally forgotten that when... Nikolai Tesla came to the U.S. <laughs> to do his experiments. That's and stuff. right. It was in Colorado Springs. It back was. When it was just like a little like frontier <clears throat> town. Now, did you see that movie with who played yes. it? Uh, Hugh Jackman or yes, was but it? it was um, it was um, David Bowie who played Tesla. Yeah, David Bowie and Hugh Jackman, right? Dude, that's one of my favorite movies, which might what, be kind of corny. What's that one called? What's that one um, called? Um, um, I just said it's one of my favorite movies. The Electric Light-Up Man or something like that. No, uh, The Prestige. Hot Dog, check it out. No. The Prestige. Light Bulb, Wink Your Eye. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. It's yeah, great. yeah, that really was a good movie. Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale? Come on. And Nikolai Tesla and David Bowie. And David Bowie. <laughs> I'm all in. Heck yeah. Dude, David Bowie, dude, was interesting. Like, when, when MTV first came out, like, first, first, first came out in, what was it, 81 or something like that? 80? He had one of the first interviews with the guy who ran it. And that guy had big old curly hair like you got when you let it grow out. What was nice. that guy's it's name? It's pretty like, long right now. Yeah, well, I can't remember that guy's name. Anyways, he had an interview with him, and David Bowie just jammed him up about why they don't have more black and and um hispanic artists all they have is white people he's like why in the 80s too yeah wow. yeah totally and like How not letting him off like like when he gave him an answer it's like yeah no that's not good enough tell me more just like totally that. laying into him and dude they still showed his videos and like totally promoted him it's crazy and everybody at home was like "Ooh, that's good tv right there Oh, dude, it was. If you ever go back, like, look it up on YouTube tomorrow or something. But, yeah, David Bowie interview with, I forget that guy's name with the curly hair. Dude, but, yeah, he he just doesn't let him off. And finally, at the end, the guy's like, so do you understand now? And he's like, 
oh, I understand your perspective, but I think you're full of crap. (laughs) (laughs) Although he was way more eloquent in David Bowie than I am. (laughs) Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, because I don't, I have the same color eyes. (laughs) Well, you're, you and David Bowie. There are some differences between the two of you. <laughs> I I would be surprised if there were similarities. I'll <laughs> be they subtle. Is I'll be they a word? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It is. Okay. I'll be it. I know, but I'll be they. Okay, more than liked, one it. It's a plural. I'll be they. Some, he was in Labyrinth, and he loved it. So I bet we like some of the similar things. Like yeah. similar movies, similar music. I bet we like similar things, but man, I am. Yeah, we're we're apples and oranges. Me and David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe apples and bananas. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who do I, I'm the apple, right, dude? I would did a funeral this week on Friday. <laughs> oh, please, please tie this in. <laughs> <laughs> am I an apple or banana? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, you know my mind. It, it doesn't yes. make sense. <laughs> so, well, I did a funeral on Friday and I was outside for like, like maybe 35, 40, no, it was more than that. It was like 45 minutes to an hour and I got burnt so bad. So I am definitely the apple of the apples and bananas scenario. What does that have to do with apples at all? I'm red like an apple. <laughs> oh, got it. So Or pink. Like so you're a pink lady in this scenario? Hey, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I'll be a All pink right. lady. <laughs> Not a golden delicious. Uh, d- dude, there's nothing golden about me. Um, I'm pink <laughs> and red all the time. My wife I wish I had gone world. to Apple Hill before I left California. I Why? hadn't been that there in a long stupid. time. Apple Hill's cool. I like Apple what, Hill. Why? What makes it cool? Tell people what it is first. Okay, so Apple Hill is this whole mess of orchards out in gold country of California, Placer County. And the reason why I haven't been a long time is the word was just out on it. If you go on a weekend, you're talking like hours of traffic. But we went there, and it's just a bunch of apple orchards, and they do like little crafty things out there. Dude, I'm there for the fudge myself. Oh, the fudge. But you can just go up to these huge <laughs> giant, these huge, I just said huge giant. It's not redundant at all. These enormous barrels. There you go. Just, That's not redundant just, either. No, no, no. Of just raw apple juice. And it's just free. You just walk up to it and there's a stack of cups. You stick you your just, head in it. Just drinking the purest apple juice. There like is. you're bobbing for apples on Halloween. <laughs> so when I was probably like a junior in high school. We loaded up in this bus. I can't remember if it was like just a class or if it was the whole school. Cause I went to a small private school. Uh, we do all, you? Yeah. I just, you couldn't get like a thousand student body to Apple Hill. So that might've sounded weird to people, but they need to know that my entire high school was 200 people. Anyway. Uh, so we go to Apple Hill and we go, there's this one like this like shack where you buy the pie at Apple Hill. And there was, like, is it some, called the pie shack? Uh, probably. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. That's so uh, cool. But 
I we wanted like the crumb apple pie. Yes. Like the extra crunchy, like crummy top on it. It's and called so, Dutch Crunch, isn't it? It might be. Dude, you Dutch want Dutch Bros. You should know all things Dutch. Different Dutch people. Anyway, so we order it. <laughs> and this was like last call. <laughs> to hop on the bus and go home. Last call for pies. So we order it. <laughs> And they give it to us, and it's frozen. And we're like, no, 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 no. We want one that we can eat now. And, we're like, so- and they were like, sorry, all we have for ready-to-eat pies is the plain apple pies. And we're like, oh, dang it. So we take this, and there's this little wood-burning stove in the corner of the shack. <laughs> and it's an aluminum pie tin on the bottom. And so we just stick it on top of this wood-burning stove in the corner and kind of huddle around it so we don't get in trouble for, like, cooking on their wood-burning stove. <laughs> and we give it what couldn't have been more than a solid five minutes. And then we all – we had to get on the bus. And we all just get out our forks and just start going to town. And it was so frozen. <laughs> and we were just eating this frozen pie. Uh, you should have taken it on the, the bus time. with you. It would have been thought out by the time you got home. Maybe. I don't know. We were like 16, 17-year-old dudes. We wanted to eat a pie right there. Uh, dude, we took Apple, massive action to make okay, that happen. So, so I grew up in Orange County, and we had something similar down there. And um, I don't remember. Orange where, Hill? No, no, no. It was, it, was apples. <laughs> it was apple orchards. They had orange ones, too. But the apple ones were like the ones you'd go to to be all nostalgic and stupid and I'm going to go pick apples. <coughs> Here, let me do your work for Stupid. you, labor. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, it's awful. It's the stupidest thing. I don't know why people do it. They're so, they're dumb. They're doing people's work for them and they're paying them to do it. It's ridiculous. That's how I feel about people who pay to do marathons. Yeah. <laughs> what, what am I paying to do, run 26.2 miles for? Yeah, yeah for a anyway, t-shirt. You get that t-shirt. I don't need um, to change the subject. Please continue. Oh, no, we had that, and I just thought it was stupid as a kid even. I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing? This is so stupid. And we'd go and sit there for hours, and then we'd go out and we'd pick apples, and I'm like, this is so lame and dumb. And so I would throw apples at people and then get in trouble, of course, and have to go back and sit on the bus, and then I wouldn't get any fun <laughs> of eating apple pie because I was throwing apples at people because I thought this whole endeavor was stupid. <laughs> well... That all makes sense. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah, in in the Uh, microcosm, if you want to know me, that's kind of it. I think something's stupid. I I think something's dumb. I think something's dumb. I'm going to try to ruin it. People will get mad at me and make me go sit by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, right, right? That's surprisingly right. accurate for most yeah. things in my life. <laughs> <coughs> uh, hey, dude, well, what I'm, the heck are- I'm glad to talk to you. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I miss you an awful lot. But what do we got? You were just about to say, what do we got to talk about? I want to talk about this whiskey I'm drinking. What are you drinking? Elijah Craig. That's your go-to. That's my go-to. What I bought a small batch bottle of it though, so it was a little Ooh. bit more a little bit more expensive than a regular bottle, and it's really 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 good. And the bottle actually, or 
the little card that came on the bottle recommended throwing an ice cube in there. Okay. Now, I'm not one. I'm not one to do that. Usually, I'm a neat guy, right? You but, are a neat guy. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for stroking <laughs> my ego. More of that, please. Yeah, yeah you um, got it. So I thought, well, what the heck? I mean, it it might be good. So I threw a cube in there and had a little bit of a finger the other night. And I was like, wow, that is surprisingly good. So, so go ahead. So I did All it right. again. And right now, tonight, I got two fingers in the glass, my post-church um, beverage. And I threw a couple of cubes in there. And boy, oh boy, it's just really like I am shocked how good it is. So I had done some reading about what the proper whiskey etiquette is when it comes mm-hmm. to ice cubes. Uh, like Riggs was the one who taught me about a splash of like room temp <laughs> water in right, there. Just a splash of water. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just curious. So I start reading up on the etiquette and they say that there's not really a right or wrong thing to do, which of course makes sense. It's your, it's your alcohol, drink it however you want. I'm but they're just saying gonna make a puddle. It's it's not that there's like a right or a wrong way. It's just that it changes the flavor. And so temperature change changes flavor. It makes perfect sense. And so it was they were saying it's more about what you enjoy and it's gonna depend on which whiskey you're drinking. So that makes perfect sense to me. And the thing for me is I don't like it watered down, but I don't like drinking just warm alcohol either. Well, that's why so, just one cube, right? Yeah. Because one cube isn't going to kill it. Or but you it go is going to. Giant, like, whiskey ball. No, no, no. Like the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where that thing doesn't melt. That's why, and that's why they do those big, giant honking cubes. Because those don't melt near as right, fast. Right. Those don't melt. Right. Right. It just cools no, it but off. But this isn't that. I just grabbed a cube from the ice tray. Right. And just a single cube. It's not a lot. Um, it's probably less than an ounce of water. Right. And yeah. so I got two fingers in there in my glass and I threw a cube in there and it brought the temperature down and it just kind of soothes that initial, like, gotcha, you know, mm-hmm. sharpness. And it's mm-hmm. nice. It's nice, man. I don't, I, I, you know, normally I drink it neat, but I, this ice one ice cube thing, I think is kind of growing on me. But you know, you might not like that with other whiskeys. I think I, I think you're right. right. I think it's whiskey to whiskey. This is the very first time I've ever tried it. So, well, and I take that back. This glass that I have in my hand right now is the second time I've ever tried it. So, gotcha. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. So good. Yeah. What about you? Anything special uh, you've been enjoying? What? Um... Hey, is there any different like delicacies or something that's Colorado centric? that you're surprised about or like, Oh, I wasn't expecting this. Not that I've found yet. (laughs) I've, I've heard murmurings. Like I've had, where like one person told me like this thing. And then another person told me this thing, but I've almost never, do you have an idea? The two things that people have told me. And like I said, each time was a completely isolated incident. Okay. Uh, Totally. I think they both are, to be perfectly honest. But uh, one said frozen custard. What? Which is basically just like ice cream. What? They said that's a Colorado thing that's big here. Frozen custard. Yes. 
It's not like custard from like a donut. It's seriously, it's just like ice cream. That sounds, that doesn't sound great. They just call it custard. No, dude, it's just ice cream, but they call it custard. Okay, okay, I'll let them, all right, I'll let them have that one. I guess it has something to do with like how creamy it is. Like there's ice cream, there's gelato, and there's custard. Okay, all right, I could see that, but I don't see how making it frozen is better. Like, if I want custard, I'm going to eat a Boston cream pie, right? That's not the custard that we're talking about, I don't think, dude. Well, then I think somebody's error it has an error. It might be me. Let's, it might be me. I think it, I think it might be. <laughs> anyway, the other thing, <coughs> and this will be more interesting to talk about, although I don't think it's a Colorado thing necessarily, is this thing called kava. Have you ever heard of kava? No, I don't okay. think I have. So apparently, it's a type of tea, and apparently it tastes terrible. (laughs) Hear me out. Thank you, Colorado. (laughs) So, but what this guy told me is, hey, what we do is we take tea (laughs) and poop in it. You've ever tasted, (laughs) and that's our thing. No, we take the garbage at the bottom of the tea box and we brew that. Dude, you're you're discussing the wrong part of this story. <laughs> so check this out. So they make cocktails out of it, right? What? No, listen, listen. And this dude told me, and I haven't tried it yet, but I'm supposed to hang out with him this week, and I think I'm going to make him take me to this place. <laughs> he says, I want to be a kava, fly on the wall for that kava drinking. <laughs> kava tea has similar effects to alcohol. But it doesn't affect your decision making. Oh, come on. What? <laughs> okay. Now, that sounds like some high school kid is trying totally. to tell his girlfriend uh, to drink. 100%. This. <laughs> uh, 100%. But then. Oh, no, honey. Talk- oh, no, babe. This won't affect your judgments making at all. It'll just make you feel drunk. <laughs> no. So he says it gives you like a fuzzy head and it makes you feel kind of numb. But that it doesn't affect your decision making. And here's here's the thing. This so other does kid, hitting your head on a pole. All right, <laughs> listen to me. So this other kid, he's like, dude, it's not a big deal here. It's not a big Colorado thing. But he did verify that the symptoms described to me are accurate. <laughs> so I'm super intrigued to check it out. But it sounds like something once they legalized pot. Stoners were like, oh, yeah, kava, man. And they came up with that idea. That's what it sounds like. To me, it sounds like I I always said that hookah is just what people do when they're under, like, between 18 and 21. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like kava is, like, the same. Like, it it feels the same niche. It's the same age (laughs) level. (laughs) Kava is the hookah of drinking for Colorado. That's great. Yeah. So anyway, if I end up having some, I'll let you know what it's like. Oh yeah, dude, ship, you're gonna. I can't wait for some. that call. You're gonna be like all call it, dude. Yeah. Oh gosh, what on earth are we talking about? It's been twenty minutes. We've been over here talking about no, really, nothing. Has 19- it been twenty minutes? According to my timer, 19 minutes, 49 seconds. Well, this is just how much we miss each other. So everyone gets to just be in on that. 
Hey, okay, yeah. so you had a question though. Let's. I mean, it does. It's not really taking as far afield asking that question you had. Yeah. So my question, and part of it is because I genuinely myself want to know, uh, but also I thought it might be insightful for some people uh, to ask, "What are you learning right now, or what are you challenging?" challenged with right now and the reason why i brought this up is i was telling you earlier before we hit record i am spending a ton of time in in the car right now and it's just been an interesting time man it's so cool uh that extended commute i guess has turned into just like so much extra time for prayer for me um it's wow that's great it's been a lot of just time to myself, even though I'm working a ton. I am like, I, I started tracking my miles with this app so that I can kind of get reimbursed for work miles. Mm -hmm. And since what was it Thursday? I think I've put in like over 400 miles in. And part of that, like I did a trip to Denver to go pick up some products. So that like was a big boost there, but still like lots of time in the car, but it's, uh, it's been interesting to me how I've just had some like recurring themes come through my head. And I was just wondering if any, what those kind of things spiritually related I, is what I'm hoping to talk to here, but what are you thinking about? Like, what are you praying about maybe when you're doing um, some study? Like what's something that, you've been chewing on lately sure, because sure. the reason I like asking that publicly, like I would like to ask you anyway, but the reason why I like to ask that publicly is I think there's probably a perception among some of our readers that readers, pastors, did I say readers? You did listeners who's reading. Where did that come from? Those guys anyway. are amazing. If they read our <laughs> podcast, <laughs> closed captioning may be available. Um, <laughs> So, uh, is that pastors are still learning. Pastors are still struggling with things. And pastors are still, like, really prayerfully considering so many things all the time. And that that doesn't go away. And that you don't have things all figured out. And that you go through seasons. And anyway, I'm just, like, really curious myself. But also for our readers. <laughs> what, uh, what those things have been like for you lately. Okay. So I think, and catch me if I get off track, but I sure. think that there's three levels that I'm, I'm thinking about this. One is big, big picture. Uh -huh. One is big picture. And then one is like specific, very specific. <clears throat> and I'll start with big, big picture. Um, most of what I'm listening to right now and praying about and thinking through isn't per se terribly theological meaning that i'm not like working through some subject in soteriology the doctrine of salvation or eschatology the doctrine of the end times or something like that um what 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 for me i'm listening to a ton of stuff by mark dever and people who me too are, the people who are associated with mark dever so i'm listening to his pastor's talk podcast. I'm listening to um, conferences that Nine Marks Ministry has put on in terms of 
um, just different the ways the church um, functions and, and meets people and that kind of thing. And to be honest, when, when we started Sovereign Joy, we, I picked up the deliberate church <clears throat> and found so much wisdom in that book that a lot of the way we modeled our polity and the way we function, it comes from that book, The Deliberate Church. Uh, somewhere along the line, like I, I quit listening to, to that. Uh, and and listening from that arena of ministers, and I I I'm kind of a little repentant in my own heart. This is, I mean, it's public, so everyone's going to hear this. But um, it probably wouldn't be something that I would have said apart from you just bringing it up. But mm. I I think that that over the years that I've done Sovereign Joy a disservice by not focusing more on things like church membership and church um, church polity and trying to make sure that as a body we're functioning extremely healthy. Um, I have the propensity that I think most pastors have, and that's to end up focusing on numbers, meaning how mm-hmm. many people are coming. <clears throat> We've always been a small church. I'm I'm under no illusion that we're going to ever grow to be a big mega church or big huge thing. I get that. I I know who we are, um, but still that creeps in to my thinking, and when it does, I find myself straying away from the good, practical, solid advice that somebody like a Mark Dever gives me in just keeping on, keeping on, preaching the word, getting the gospel out there doing biblical theology, um, emphasizing church membership, you know, those just simple, one might call them pedestrian kind of things that make up the church, but it's those things that make the church healthy, to be perfectly honest. And I, I really want Sovereign Joy to be a healthy church. So I've been listening to a lot more of that and been convicted lately. So big picture is... <clears throat> or pardon me, big, big picture is sovereign joy. Um, how can we be a healthy body? Big picture is I'm trying to think of more specific things in listening to podcasts, mostly from Nine Marks Ministry and Mark Dever, in how can I implicate or implicate, that's not the right word, um, how can I get, <laughs> how can I get certain guys um, motivated in certain directions, meaning that I, and, and they're all probably going to listen to this. So hopefully that, <laughs> that, that they'll, uh, that they'll, you know, be, be, hopefully they've been praying about things. And so for example, you know, you, you know, Nick and you know, Fred and Matt. yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're very different guys. I miss um, those guys too, both I, of them. Yeah. Well, I love them. I got to see them both tonight. <clears throat> but um, they're very different guys, but, but by golly, they love Jesus and they love this church. And so even though we're small, there's still a desire on both their parts to see the church flourish and be healthy. And um, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm able to, as praying and thinking through the church, that we'll be able to find niches 
for everybody who, you know, is a good godly man in our church and women too. Don't get me wrong. Um, that kind of leads me to my next one, but men in the church, um, to, to really begin functioning, um, in the giftings that they've given, that they've been given. So, um, going from big, big picture to big picture, I'm thinking more along the lines of, um, uh, how to have a functioning church membership, how to, um, disciple guys in individualistic ways because no two guys are the same. So mm-hmm. Arthur is, you know, we're going through a book called foundations of the Christian faith and we've gone through yes. a of chapters. Um, but I'm, I, you know, while that might be a good book to go through with somebody like, <clears throat> like a Caleb who goes to our church or Joel, um, there might be, a, there might be something better. So what m- my mind is focused on in big picture ideas is how can I, um, go from these guys are part of our church and how can I more effectively, um, help them individually to grow, to minister, um, to, uh, really be what the Lord has called them to be. Um, the, the next area that I'm thinking on is more specific, although to be perfectly honest, it's going to sound more um, academic or theoretical, <clears throat> but I'm really thinking through things like uh, women's issues in the church. I'm thinking through trying to think through some of the social justice issues that are going on right totally. now. I'm trying to think through how do we as a church in the community of Chico, that's frankly pretty charismatic. Um, how do we, find our place as a bivocational pastor of a very small church who is not charismatic at all, but we, in the very fabric of our community, because we're so close to Reading and we have Bethel there, um, that influence is here. And everybody's kind of crazy, Holy Ghost, go, crazy go nuts, you know? And yeah. So how do we function in that fabric? Like I just got this week an invitation to come be a part of this, um, conference and it's all like, Oh, you should be here. Unity of Chico while at the very same time saying, and we're praying the demons out and you know, you need to, uh, actualize your spiritual gifts and you need to know who you are as God's child, which they mean something different than what I would mean by saying, you need to know who you are as God's child, right? They mean totally. what, what are your gifts and, what are you doing to use your gifts and are you healing people and speaking in tongues and, and um, prophesying and um, giving words of wisdom and knowledge and all that kind of stuff. <coughs> so those are the more very specific things I'm thinking. And I say specific because I'm really trying to think of what is our role in this community. And I, man, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I haven't figured that out yet. I'm not sure where we fit in. I, I'm, we're not what a lot of people are, but yet at the same time, it seems like what we are isn't very attractive to a lot of people. So um, that's a big thing that I wrestle with where I can honestly say, I just don't have a stinking clue. <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
I'm really praying and thinking that through. This has probably been on the forefront of my mind for the last, I don't know, six, eight months, maybe most of this year that these big themes have been on my mind. I don't know. What do you think? What what are your thoughts? (coughs) Yeah. It doesn't sound that different from when I was there, honestly. Well, you just left. (laughs) Well, dude, it's been six weeks. Well, I yeah, six weeks. But you, the reason that you say that is because I've been thinking about this stuff for uh, you years. know at least half a year. Do you think it's been years? I think on some level, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I think it's the focus may look different or the outworking of it. Um, but those general themes, yeah, dude, that's what pastoring is. <laughs> so yeah, I think on some level you've been. I mean, you're talking about broadly, you're talking about discipleship. And then, yes. and then you, on the other hand, you're talking about eh, kind of about two kingdoms. And I say two kingdoms because when you talk about the social issues and things like that, right. like sure, right. there is Women's issues, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is a sense where that is a totally like a, a spiritual issue and an issue in uh, the church. But I feel like it's front of mind because of the climate in our earthly kingdom that we're taking part in. So, yeah. I'll be honest. So there's discipleship two and like two, king, two kingdom theology there. Yeah. So, yes, so, I think that's pastoring. Well, the, discipleship and two kingdom theology, especially two kingdom stuff, I've, I've, that's kind of been all, always on my mind for probably the last, I know, since I've known you probably. Yeah, um, and I think I even thought those thoughts before I knew they were called two kingdom. Oh, um, sure. But um, I, I'm really great. Well, there's two things that I'm thinking, and I'm I'm going to say these things. I hope that I'm not stepping over a line or something, but and I hope I'm not jinxing myself. Not that I believe in that, but um, still, the thoughts there. I'm glad we don't have any church discipline issue right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very taxing, and this place that we're in as a congregation i i i fear that a church discipline issue would um be it'd be it'd it'd be traumatic for us as a church we're so small (coughs) you know where we've you know uh, so many of you guys have moved away recently um that we're kind of in some ways rebranding for lack of a better word Trying to re- refigure out who we are, trying to trying to grow from there. Um, but we've, you know, half the people have gone moved on in the last six months. Um, but the other thing that I'm thinking is that, you know, we were pursuing this church merger, and this is the thing I hope that does I don't step over the line. But um, it, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere, and I don't understand why. And I've been frankly, very discouraged about it. And I, I, I wish that I was able to um, talk to people who were on the other side of this issue more than I have been able to. And it's just, it, it just feels like a colossal failure. So that does two things for me. One is it, it, it makes me extremely discouraged and doubt my own giftings and doubt my own callings, doubt, doubt everything which it shouldn't do, but I'm a guy, so it does. And I'm stupid, and so it does. <clears throat> but the other thing that um, it has done that I've had to repent of recently 
is it's taken way too much of my focus off of sovereign joy. Mm-hmm. And, for, and I have not been thinking more about us as a church, um, but thinking about this whole merge thing. And I've had to repent and I've had to tell people, you know, in, in our church, you know, I'm sorry, I've been way too focused on this thing and it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. And it seems like the other side is just a bunch of infighting or whatnot. Um, and, and I should be more focused on us. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy, I, a pastor, but I'm still a guy and I screw up. And I think I've been, um, I've had my focus askew the last three months, maybe more, but for sure the last three months. And so I'm trying to recalibrate. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so focused on listening to this nine mark stuff and trying to refocus on sovereign joy and, and have my mind really be there instead of, you know, what are these people on the, at this other church doing and why aren't they meeting with me and, you know, that kind of stuff. Dang, yeah. I don't know. Do you, I hope I didn't overstate it. I, I'm trying to be very vague. <laughs> <coughs> Maybe it's vague for some people. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I, I'm anyways, the long and the short of it is as a pastor, I'm just a guy and I'm, I'm, thinking the same things. I have the same feelings and thoughts that you do. I have the same struggles and fears and anxieties that you do. And you might handle them differently. You might handle them better than me, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're all trying to do the best we can with what we have in front of us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But the bottom line is I love Jesus and it's his church more than it's mine. And so even if I screw up and I'm pointing people to Jesus, we're in a good place. Totally. So that's, that's always been my heart is to point people to Jesus so that they would love him more than they love me and love him more at the end of the service than they did at the beginning. And I mean, that, that's the goal that should be for any pastor is that's the goal. So even though my um, attention has been, uh, you know, um, in two places or three places where it probably shouldn't be, the Lord is gracious and good. And I'm, I'm, you know, that's why we love grace, right, brother? Well, honestly, that's why I wanted to ask this question. Uh, it's not because I thought that you were going to have some breakthrough or some big academic revelation. It's that oh, I know you. Oh, I have you. that. Is that is that what I was supposed to say? No, no you're supposed to sit <laughs> on that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's because I know that the, this is where your mind and your heart are at constantly and. I don't know. I think it's good for people to hear this type of thing. One, because it will make them feel more normal. Man, I was, <coughs> we were sitting with this uh, lady at church today, and I'm just constantly confronted the longer and longer I'm in any level of church leadership, although I'm not right now, um, that people think they're so, so far off from where either they should be or from where their peers at church are. And most of the time, it's just not the case. Uh, they are far more normal than they think. And so hearing the type of, you know, things that you're going through and, you know, the, I mean, call them insecurities or what have you that you're praying through right now. I think that's great for people to hear. I think that's so much of the Christian life. And to hear a pastor go through it as an example, I think is helpful to people. So that's a big reason why I want to cool. ask that question. Cool. I hope it is. I mean, I, I don't, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to muddle through life just like everybody else is. Um, I just happen to have, in most cases, been at it a little bit longer than other people. And in some cases, happen to have a little bit of training. But that, that you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we are all just <clears throat> walking our way, kind of fumbling along the walk, of, the life of faith sometimes. But as long as we're all looking to Jesus, I mean, that's the best we could, best place we could possibly be. And so when I get askew and when my focus gets astray, I know for me, it's really good to go back to the gospel. And so one of the things I love about the podcasts I've been listening to recently is it's so gospel centered and so gospel focused um, because I need the gospel every bit as much as anybody else out there. So even though I'm learning and I'm thinking and I'm, you know, trying to um, strategize about our church and whatnot, dude, it's still gospel. And I still am always at the end of the day going to be going back to, well, it's all about Jesus Christ and him crucified. And, and that's the end of it. And so I'm never going to grow past that. You know, I'm going to learn things and, and I might um, have opportunities arise and, and new little nuance of discoveries made. But the truth is I'm never growing past the gospel. All those are a supplement to the gospel. And so the gospel's the got to be the warp and woof of, of our existence, right? Totally. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. I hope that's what you were wanting me to say. <laughs> I honestly didn't know specifically what you would say, but I don't know. But like I you're said, not surprised, you, I'm sure. No, I know you super well, and so I just like having people hear your process more than anything else. Yeah. Hey, I got yeah. a question of the day. All right. All right. Are we ready for that? Well, we're at 41 minutes, almost 42. So I could talk about mine, but that might yeah. take more than a couple minutes. No, talk about yours, and then I do have a question of the day. So talk about yours first. We're just going long tonight. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's okay. fine. We, we haven't done one in a week, so we're good. Got it. People so, love us, dude. People love us. And if they don't, then they can fast forward. Yeah, get out. <laughs> so there's been, like, basically two major things. Um and then the first one is I'm driving around and obviously like I'm looking at everything that's just so different from back home. So I'm constantly confronted with all the changes. Right. And is it really that different driving around? No, I mean, Colorado, is it really that different? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Like not for one second. Do I look anywhere and not think I'm definitely not in California? Really? Yeah, wow, that's, that shocks me. And I don't know exactly why, but I am surprised by that. No, not for a minute am I out here and I forget where I am. No. Oh, okay. But, uh, but, like I said, that's a good thing. So, And I had been working towards doing all of this for a long time, and I thought I knew what it was going to be like. But, And you and I have talked, but I won't bore everyone with details, but the magnitude of the opportunity has been pretty overwhelming, honestly. Right. And the response. Oh, you got a sweet I've, gig. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and the, the response that I've gotten from the crew out here, it's just so obvious to see the sovereign hand of God, like 
both in like what I had been doing to get prepared for the last like years and years and who I I'm here with right now. Just so much of it. Like I couldn't possibly imagine something sweeter. Right. And so because I'm so confronted with like, I, I thought I knew what I wanted and it would not have been this awesome. It sounds like I'm bragging right now, but I promise I'm going to get to the, the, the good part. It's just so obvious that and like all things I know that but it's just so obvious that God like has me here at this time for a reason and that this has been something that he's been setting up for a while yeah 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 and so the concept of first fruits is very prominent in my mind right now the concept where, of first fruits okay right yeah lay that on where, me because I like that as I'm driving around here the first few weeks i'm just like like i said very very prayerful i have a lot of time to myself and so i i'm just like so thankful and humbled man so humbled that i i'm just out here praying like like god i don't know how but i have to somehow like use what you've given me for the kingdom and just trying to work through what that even looks like because it's a job man i can't be like shoving the gospel down every employee and customer's throat all the time, but knowing that I'm going to have opportunities to be faithful and whether it's with my time or it's with my platform or if it's with my paycheck or whatever that looks like, just constantly prayerfully considering what it means to have um, more or less dedicated this whole thing to the Lord and figuring out what that looks like what my opportunities are to use it for his kingdom and for his glory. So that is like one thing. And then the other thing is a little bit more nebulous and a little more, I guess, theological. But I, when we move out here, like Rachel and Zoe are the only people I know who don't work for Dutch bros. Like the only people I know that don't work for Dutch bros. Right. 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 And, and, and so, and, it's only been six weeks, but I feel like I've been able to make some pretty strong connections. Although almost all of them are with, no, all of them are with, again, people who work for Dutch Bros. So again, driving through around town, like in my truck, just prayerfully considering. And I remember reading something about, uh, and it was in uh, The Imperfect Disciple, where he talks about how not only are you a child of God now? Not only have you been forgiven, but now he looks at you with joy. And that was a crazy thing for me to read through. It just, it was so profound to think, it's not just that he forgives me, because you can have offended somebody, and like, you're cool, but you're not cool. Like, right. I, don't hate, I don't hate you anymore. That doesn't mean I like you. No, God looks at us with joy. And so as I'm thinking about that more, it makes me think, okay, so, all right, let me back up a second. When you have a relationship with somebody, normally there's a equal, a reciprocal depth of intimacy or knowledge of one another, right? So where like, Pat, I know you super well, you know me super well too. Right. And I'm like me and like this pastor that I've been to the church four weeks. Like I know him. Okay. Like he, I know a couple theological things about him 
and he knows a few theological things about me, but we don't know each other that well. But it's about the same level that we know each other, right? Yeah. So I'm in a place where I'm not, I don't have that depth with very many people. And I'm, again, prayerfully considering and realizing God knows me inside and out, like an infinite number better than I know my own self. And we can trick ourselves into thinking, and this is super subtle and in the back of my mind, that just because God is such a mystery and we know what we know from Scripture, but we also know that Scripture is inexhaustible and that there's so many details and truths and so the, the depths and mysteries of the things of God, it's going to take us eternity for him to truly show us his character, his majesty, his justice, his goodness, his everything. That it tricks us into thinking that on some level, maybe he doesn't know us that well either. But to be in a place where I don't know that many people, but to be confronted with the fact that I'm fully known, that my quirks, my likes, my dislikes, my shortcomings, my strengths, my giftings, he knows it. He gets it. He built me that way. And again, going back to my first point, he looks at me with joy. And it's this crazy thing to go around feeling fellowship and not feeling lonely when you're in a truck all by yourself because you're just considering that he built me this way. He loves me this way. And he knows me better than any friend I've ever had. And that's been a comforting thing to consider. Yeah, that's great. Boy, that's better than anything I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took a lot for me, for me to get there. I had to really, really get out of my element. But no, so I've been, like I said, it, it's something like that that makes you thankful for spending what ends up being like over an hour in the car every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love that man. It's it's encouraging to me. I'm confident it'll be encouraging to anybody who listens, because that's. I mean, to be perfectly honest, there isn't much more than that, right? Totally. That, uh, that's that's the gospel I was talking about that we need there when it comes at the very end of the day. But that joy, the fact that God loves us and that He has joy over us, is just crazy to me. It's something that uh, I think there's, you know, it's going to take eternity for us to even realize, if, to figure that out. It just, we'll, we'll never know the depths of that. I know it, which is a really cool thing to consider, too. It would be a letdown if it was the other way around. Well, how's that? If we could instantly understand all that stuff. Oh, like, yeah, what do we yeah, do yeah. In, what do we do in heaven, then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway... Yeah, that was a long one, but I think it was a good one. Okay, you want a question of the day? Please. Okay, what is a lie you have been caught in? What, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is a lie you have been caught in? Oh, dang. I love the universal nature of this question because everybody lies. And everybody's been caught in a lie. <laughs> All right. So 
<laughs> even though story, it's humiliating, it's still universal. <laughs> I told this story yesterday. And I I kind of got caught. Like I fessed up, but my parents definitely already knew I was lying and they were just waiting to see if I would fess up. So I'm, still, <laughs> I'm still I'm still counting it. So my friend had a 1987 Toyota 4Runner. Mm-hmm. And the significance of that is the 87 4Runner, actually I think most 4Runners still, but the rear window rolls down. Yes. And so the back is basically like a tailgate once you roll down the window. So my friends and I, we're probably like 17 at the time. We would go, I remember we would hit In-N-Out or we would hit Taco Bell. We'd walk in. In-N-Out was nice because it was outside. They had these little stations outside. But at Taco Bell, you had to go inside to grab the serving trays, the plastic serving trays. And we would take a couple. We would go to a parking lot. And we would hang on the back of my friend's uh, forerunner. And he would drive us around. Spin <laughs> us around. So you're like snowboarding. Exactly. On the, on the pavement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I got it. So I got a wild hair, and I decided I wanted to go for it. I wanted to go as fast as we could possibly go. So I tell my friend to just gun it. Let's see. And I had this thought, as I know that I'm up above 20 miles an hour at this point, I was thinking to myself, if I have to bail, I can't run this fast. (laughs) And not one whole second after that thought (laughs) crossed my mind, my foot wore through the tray it just completely grinded through so my foot hit asphalt and i do two tumbles go to my feet for about two steps and then just lay down right oh so i asked my friend i guess we got up to 27 miles an hour and he said he looked in the rear view mirror and all he saw were my two feet pointed straight up in the air so Anyway, I barely had a scratch. I had one little teeny scratch on my shoulder, and I ripped my pants. Yeah. And I, but here's what happened. Here's where the lie comes in. I but, pull out my phone. But I pull out my phone, and it was a sweet Samsung like flip phone, um, and the screen was cracked. So the lie I told was I went home and I told my parents because I needed to fix my phone. That I fell skateboarding. Yeah, that's a good one. And when I fessed up later, my dad was like, yeah, I knew that there was no way that you fell skateboarding. (laughs) And I'm sure it had more to do with, like, the way that I told him than the actual, like, plausibility of the story itself. I'm sure I had lie written all over my face. But, yeah. 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 So that was my line. What I, dude. Something tells me you have a treasure trove of lies that you got caught in. <laughs> There's no so many. I'm literally <laughs> sitting here as you're telling yours going, boy, I can't tell that one. Okay, I can't tell that one. Okay, don't tell that one. <laughs> There's so many. <clears throat> okay. So, um, before I was a Christian, I used to rave, right? And right. so... I remember one of the very first raves I went to. I must have been a senior, junior, senior in high school. I think I was, maybe it was the summer of my junior to senior year. I think maybe it was. <clears throat> but um, raves back then were like 
you really broke into a warehouse, threw a couple of speakers up, and just had a party, right? So this that sounds was, way more fun than the raves today. Well, it that's what it was, and so cops would routinely come and break it up. Um, but okay, well, I went to this one, and the cops didn't come break it up. <coughs> so it was great. Like I, I, I shouldn't say this, but it was really an epic one. And I had a lot of fun and coming home. So the guys who I were with, their parents kind of didn't care. My, I, so me and one other guy in the van we were in, they're, they're, our parents actually cared. So we came up with the story that, you know, wh- why we didn't come home all night. So, right, that's the big issue. Why didn't you come home all night? Sure. <clears throat> that we met this band and we went out for like to Denny's and we got their <laughs> autographs and stuff. So we signed like fake posters. Awesome. <laughs> we signed each other's posters so that our parents wouldn't go, oh, that's your handwriting, right? We figured we'd get away with it if we did that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we get home. And I like tell my parents, it's, you know, they're like, where have you been all night? You know, what in the world have you been doing? Oh, so I tell them the whole story. I show them the poster and they look at it and they're like, and my mom knew my friend really well because my mom and, and his mom were like friends. So she looked at that and she looked at me and she goes, that looks an awful lot like this other guy's handwriting. And I'm like, uh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so so she called the other mom and was like, hey, did this same thing happen? And they're like, oh, yeah, the same thing happened. So <clears throat> needless to say. At least you had got, your story straight. Well, we did. We had our story straight, but nobody believed it. So <laughs> we got caught. We, we Neither one of us fessed up to it, but everybody knew we were lying. So we both got in trouble and... That was that story. Wow. Yeah. I, I got more. Do an episode. I was going to say, I think we should do an episode where you just tell all of those type of stories. For sure. That's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I already told you like basically my most scandalous story. So. Well, you've heard that's, probably a lot of mine. That's as, that's as close to the bad boy Gumpy you get. So. <laughs> Is riding on the back of a forerunner with a Taco Bell tray. <laughs> hey man, we stole those trays. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Good thing Jesus loves you. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, sweet. Well, that's it. I think this might be our longest episode ever. That's all right. It's hilarious because I feel like we were just talking. I think people will still listen. I hope so. If you made it don't. to the end. Text Pat and I. Phone numbers are still on the website, even though I don't go there anymore. <laughs> Your picture's still up, I think. I know it is. Yeah, I looked we need the other to, day. We need to have your wife fix that. Oh, fine. <laughs> hey, right. you know what? This is a good talk. I love you, dude. I love you too, dude. What a great time. And whether you surf on Taco Bell trays or In-N-Out trays, <laughs> we believe. You belong. <laughs>